This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Stiller Nation, it's Robert Golden, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Stryker. Later, we will have Steeler alumni safety, Robert Golden. But until then and throughout the show, we will always have my Steeler twin, Hunter Homestack. How you doing, Hunter? My dude, I look forward all week to seeing how you're going to intro me. You always <laughs> keep it fresh. It's never the same. I like it. It's always that perfect little ego boost for me. I'm excited for today, man. Having Robert on the show is sick when you said that. It just made me that much more exciting, so that's cool. And I, I let him know late, guys. I should have been cluing him in on yesterday on this when we knew Robert was going to be joining the show. I ended up telling him, like, this morning. I let, was it last night or this morning? It was last night, I think, It was last least. night. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I think, I think I knew the day before, but I, I should have let you know earlier. But either way, we're psyched to have Robert back on the show. We interviewed him a little bit earlier in the year. You can always go back and listen to the interviews. He is an, he's an awesome interview. He's great to talk to. Great guy. Um, and also, big thank you, too. We just need a shout-out here quickly to our excellent, excellent um, sponsor. And I'll show you guys right here who the new jersey giveaway of the weeks from Total Sports Enterprises is going to be. And that is – where's my share screen? Here we go. Boom. And we have – a giveaway for a free signed Bud Dupree custom color rush jersey. All you have to do is go to Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter at Total Sports ENT. You uh, follow them and you retweet it. You're automatically entered. If you also follow the podcast underscore SN podcast, you get a bonus entry. So two entries for the price of one retweet for this great custom signed Bud Dupree custom color rush jersey. I want that. Once again, I think I'm entering. Just save it for me. What a year. What a year Bud's having, huh? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody wondered if he could follow up what he did last year, if that was an anomaly. And I think three games in, it's pretty clear that Bud Dupree is just good at football. So (laughs) He is, man. And he's showing he can do it. So I I am really happy for him. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, Edmonds is also on that same trajectory. He's starting to make plays this year, and he's still making plays every game now. So he keeps building on that. That's what you want to see when they start hitting third, fourth year. Sometimes it takes some players longer than others, especially when they're that talented. Yeah. 
I think people underestimate how tough it is to just enter the league and hit the ground running. I mean, the guys you see do that are few and far between. And you can even go back to some all-time greats like Troy Palomalu, who struggled mightily as a rookie. And it's just not easy. It's not easy, especially when you're being tasked to do a lot like these guys are at vital positions like outside linebackers, strong safety. Obviously, it's it's just a crazy tough job for these guys. Well, before we get into the crazy news for the COVID stuff, which I know everybody's talking about right now first thing i got to talk about though is steelers are now thanks to the game last night on monday night football kings of the north (laughs) but i can't really enjoy it yet because we have to see whether or not we're playing this weekend obviously i don't know if you've been following it online on twitter but there's three confirmed positive tests by the uh, tennessee titans that are players Five confirmed tests for people that are not players, whether they're front office or coaches. We're not positive yet. We don't have names yet, but we do know that there's eight total positive tests from the Tennessee Titans. So now it's been up in the air all morning. Are the Steelers going to play? Are the Titans going to forfeit? What's going to go on with this whole with, with this whole interaction with the Titans? And it, and it looks like initially they're going to say an option might have been move the titans Steeler game to week seven because that is the titans bye week that would have been the week that the Steelers play the ravens but they just moved that game from week seven to week eight when the ravens and Steelers bye week would have been it would have affected obviously tennessee and pittsburgh bye week being week four now and the ravens bye week would go from seven to eight but we've gotten even better news it looks like the game is going to go on. We just got word from the league. Uh, it's been shot around by a couple um, of the reporters from ESPN, so we're very happy to see. It looks like they're going to make the game go on. It looks like it's going to be difficult for the Tennessee team to prepare for it because they're not allowed in their facility until Saturday. But their coach already tweeted, if this is the way it's going to go, if we've got to show up on Saturday, do our walkthrough, play a game on Sunday, we're going to make it happen. So. You know, kudos to Coach Vrabel over there, former Steeler alum as well, former Steeler draft pick, now great coach. And um, I'm glad to see that he wants to play his former team uh, in there and then host us on Sunday there in Tennessee. Well, it sounds super homery of me to take this route, but that's what should happen. I mean, there's we they've set up so many things in place to guard against this happening you know the nfl getting a later start obviously than the nhl nba and mlb so they they saw examples of how this could work out and what they should do to protect from that you have expanded rosters you have different guidelines in place to help protect it three titans players it's not an insignificant amount by any means, but you should be able to handle three positive tests and still go on. Now, if half your team tested positive and it was something crazy like that, by all means, you need to start looking into an alternative method. But just three players, that seems like something the NFL should be able to handle. And even more than that, if they don't handle it, that's, that now sets the bar of pretty much any positive test has to cancel a game for any future positive test because I yeah. guarantee you, guarantee you this isn't the last time a team has players test positive. So if you come out of the gates and instantly say, oh, we can't play three positive tests is too much for us to handle, then where do you draw the line? If somebody down the line has two positive tests, yeah. they've already had their bye week, then what do you do? 
So it's it's right of the NFL and of the Titans and Steelers to find a way to make this work. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and for sure, if I was a Titans fan, I would be feeling a little upset about this, feeling like it's a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. But these these are the times that we live in, and I'm sure it's going to come around. Look, man, the Titans are three and zero as well. It's not like they're battling for a playoff spot yet. They're off to a good start. Yeah. If you go three and one, it's not a death sentence on your season by any means. So hopefully you know, it all works out and it's a fair competitive game, but it's going to be weird. And it's going to be weird for both teams. Just knowing that it's a thing, it's going to be in the back of their mind. Players and coaches are going to get asked about it relentlessly. Yep. It's not going to be fun, but at least it's looking like we're going to have football this weekend. And I'm glad for that. You hit the nail on the head perfectly. Obviously the COVID lists we have to have, they're in place. If they were going to cancel this because of three positive players, that would have been an injustice to the league and the system that they've set up. Obviously, they've got the COVID rules in place for a reason. They're doing their contact tracing. And that's going to be the difficult thing because it turned out they had a positive coach going into the previous game against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So now with the contact tracing elements that they do have that you wear during game day, that you wear during training, they're going through and they're seeing all those people that that person contacted and they're going to try to give them extra tests just to make sure that they are not going to be COVID positive as well. Right. That's the best way to shut this thing down because we all, we all want football to happen this weekend and that's the smart way to do it. Um, And this is the first big test for the NFL. And unfortunately it's happening to our team. We'll take it. We'll go with it. (laughs) And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's one thing though, that I think would help our team, obviously not just because, it's a negative to the Titans for not being able to practice as much or prepare as much. But I think it's a bonus to Big Ben as well because it takes a little bit of pressure off of him. I mean, this has been the whole, you know, Big Ben comeback scenario. Everything's been him in a microcosm, how he's reacting to things, how he's delivering the football. And he's doing a great job. Seven touchdowns to one interception on the season so far. Phenomenal. But this takes a little bit of pressure off of him. The story's not about Ben this week. So this allows Ben to get into his groove, relax, you know, hit his receivers, work on timing. Hopefully, you know, we get uh, DJ back in the lineup here soon with that concussion protocol going on right now. But, you know, biggest thing, we got to move on to the game at least. What a great Steeler win coming back from behind, both down 14-3, to down 21-17 to to pitch a shutout in the second half. And then Ben upped his game again, 23 for 36, 237 two touchdowns and the big thing that I loved was now big Ben just passed iron Mike Webster to be the biggest Benjamin of them all for the Steelers. (laughs) (laughs) That is my new nickname for big Ben. He is so big. Now he is biggest Benjamin, but it's amazing to think like it really didn't put it in perspective for me yet. Hunter Mm -hmm. until you see him pass that name, Iron Mike Webster, that we all know as being that player that played so many games, game in and game out, never took a game off almost his entire career, basically playing injured, playing with broken bones. And Big Ben's the same way. He's another guy that plays injured. Yeah, I mean, that was crazy. When the stat came on the screen, obviously we knew from last week when they said he tied the record that he was going to break it the next week. But yeah. that's that's an amazing feat. And it's even – it's weirder for me personally, just in a selfish way. You know, I didn't see those 70s teams when I was growing up. So to see a guy that I remember they drafted, I remember him getting his first career start, now breaking the record, it's crazy to think that 
Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback of the Steelers for more than half my life. Like more wow. than, more than <laughs> yeah, like more than half of my life has involved Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. So it's crazy. It's crazy to think that way, but just what he's done for this team. And if he's in the game, you just feel like you have a shot. I know every Steelers fan can relate to that feeling. Like when, yeah. when seven's under center, you just have a good feeling about it. And man, you touched on it a little bit, but what a season he's having actually. Yeah. I feel like incredibly underrated so far. If you extrapolate his stats out across a whole season, mm-hmm. it's like 37 touchdowns against five or six picks. It's a ridiculous yeah. ratio for him. <laughs> ne- he's never been Aaron Rodgers, you know, Mr. Yeah. Careful, not throwing picks. He's always had his fair share of picks, but man, he cut down on that. What a difference it's made. Cause all last year, all we said throughout the Mason and Duck show was, if they just don't turn it over, we're going to have a chance with this defense. Well, Ben took that to another level and not turning it over, but also injecting legitimate life into the offense. So it's been fun to watch. The game was definitely not without its flaws, though, man. I, I started – I made a promise to myself that I was just going to go full Yinzer fan when I was watching the game. Just, <laughs> just, pound, just pound a couple beers and just let my uh, knee-jerk reactions take over, which was yeah. super fun. Highly recommend anybody let that happen from time <laughs> to time. But, man, I, I was cursing Feekner and I was cursing the play calling in the first yeah. half. I was cursing I, the defense I, for their soft coverage. I saw your tweets. yeah man it was fun it was fun but then what did they do they come out in the second half and just make me eat every single word twice over everything changed at halftime which was man throughout Tomlin's career and this coaching staff's career halftime adjustments have not really been their thing you know that was always the Bill Belichick Patriots thing like okay you have a decent first half but you know they're going to make those adjustments right on the money that they need in the second half and I think that's the mark of a truly great team is adapting on the fly, which they did. I mean, freaking perfectly, man. Everything changed yeah. in the second half. It was a tale of two games. Deshaun Watson looked like MVP caliber in the first half, and then he looked like, you know, B starter level in the second half. They just yeah. totally changed the complexity of the game on the fly at halftime. So nothing that nothing better than that for Steelers fans. They've now shown that they can beat inferior teams which mm-hmm. has always been a problem well, everybody thinks is a problem I don't know if the stats really bear that out no, or not but not regardless really. yeah. regardless people think it's a problem so they've proven that they can beat inferior teams now against the Titans they get a real test against another undefeated team we're going to really see where they're at if they come out of that Titans game with another win it's time to start getting ultra hype I think yeah, I agree with you there. And one play I want to highlight. I know I'm showing the uh, the highlights as we're talking here, but I want to highlight one play in specific for Big Ben where he didn't throw the ball, he didn't run the ball, he used his big body to help a play. And if you're watching on Facebook and Hunter here watching as well, we're getting to see this play directly. First and 10 on the 13, on second down with seven minutes and 44 seconds to go. I'm going to run it here, and this is going to be a reverse you're going to see Connor take the play right, and then you're going to see Deontay Johnson reverse the play left. So at the snap of the ball, here comes Connor giving it, and then watch Ben, boom, taking out, of, taking out the defensive end right there at the line. And that is something that, you know, I love watching quarterbacks when they go downfield and they block for their team to make a big play. Almost a touchdown. Unfortunately, DJ got it hit on the, on, the, on the play, but here it is from the reverse angle. Watch Ben come down and break down right there took the defensive end completely out of the play and you know in my humble opinion hunter if he can do that 
he can do a quarterback sneak in short down ah, yardage and stop going is. shotgun on is. third down and fourth down and short for God's sakes. I had a feeling that was coming, man, and I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with you. I still don't understand their reluctance against the the quarterback sneak. So it's strange. It clearly needs to be part of the game plan. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, Benny Snell is clearly becoming that short yardage back against the Texans. You saw that play out for sure, yeah. and, and he did a good job at it. So yeah. I like the mix they have at running back in general right now, man, just to segue into that. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here we have uh, – we're going to go triple box here. Ladies and gentlemen, Steeler Nation, I am going to admit Robert Golden into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take probably just a couple minutes for him to ramp up and jump on but robert can you hear us there he is i know it's great to see him again look at he's got his he's got his beautiful shirt on showing off his highlighting his, his charter academy right. Love to see <laughs> how you doing rob <laughs> great to see you again man always good man always a pleasure to join you and uh, connect the stiller nation brother awesome well it's great to have you back because i mean we got to know you real well in the last interview we did with you uh let's go right off the bat quickly we're just going to switch gears and i want you to tell steeler nation uh, a little bit more about the polo that you're wearing and your charter academy to start off you know how they what it's all about and where we can find information on it absolutely man well it's the golden charter academy um, black and golden <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right uh it's the first k-8 through environmental stewardship school zoo school um in the nation um We've been working with the Fresno Chaffee Zoo and developing um, something very innovative that's never been done before. And um, I, I kind of mentioned this to you before in our last um, podcast, but, you know, I um, walked away from the game, you know, to do this, to help yeah. uh, serve underserved children that come from the community that I do and um, also underserved communities and poverty areas here throughout the Fresno Valley. Um, to kind of give our kids exposure to a life that they had never get exposed to had they not went to the Golden Charter Academy. You know, my vision behind Golden Charter Academy is to create the Disneyland of schools, oh, a place nice. where every child would want to be, you know. So yeah. uh, in my efforts and partnering with the Fresno Chappy Zoo, um, I think the kids will be in for a great experience come 2021 of August. And everybody on the podcast, they have a beautiful black and gold color scheme, of course, yeah. both – a throwback and an honor to his, to Robert Golden's team and his beautiful name as well with that black and golden. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my high school was black and gold and <laughs> Steelers is black and gold. So black and gold runs in my blood now. Uh, that's me too, man. All my teams are black and gold. Pittsburgh all the way. My UMBC was black and gold. So I'm, I feel right. you, man. That's great. And Absolutely. it looks great too. I, I love those masks. Did you have those oh, made yeah. for all the, the children? Absolutely, man. I mean, it's the times that we're living in now. Uh, we also have some different sizes and different uh, kind of masks that we'll be able to provide for our youth. But um, with us being an environmental stewardship school, um, a lot of our class time will be taking place outside. So okay. um, it's crazy because we've been developing this school for over a year and a half now. And um, it's like the curriculum and what we're doing um, for our school uh, was kind of being put in place to prevent uh, a COVID response um, before COVID even broke out. So I just feel like I'm walking in my purpose right now. And nice. This school is meant to be. 
Oh, that's great, Robert. And Steeler Nation, be sure to go to goldenchartacademy.org to find out some more information on that. And we'll touch base on this at the end of your interview as well. But we've hit the ground running here. Uh, and that, may I introduce you to Hunter Homestek as well. He's my co-host this year. Hunter, okay. Rob, Rob Hunter. What's up, guy? <laughs> nice to meet you, Robert. Love the background, man. I love the background. <laughs> I was, see, I was hoping it would take you back and make you want to come visit the city. Absolutely, <laughs> man, for sure. Uh, that's one place that I definitely got to get back to, man, as soon as we get to a somewhat normalcy again. No doubt. I, I'm hoping for it, too, man. It's a beautiful city. This is a beautiful – the Golden Charter Academy is amazing, man. Congrats on launching that and kind of right. hit, hitting your second career running. You know, you hear so many players that struggle to find something to do right. after football. Yeah. It seems like right. a lot of Steelers have done this and kind of transitioned seamlessly. Does the organization talk to you about that stuff ahead of time and, and help you plan this? I mean, um, with, with the Steelers, you know, I think that's just a first-class organization all the way around. You know, when I first came in, they had a player development guy named Ray Jackson who um, definitely kind of just, you know, mentored me and showed me how to be a pro. And then they brought in Terry Cousins, who is a great uh, player development guy as well. So those um, two gentlemen, you know, they bring in a lot of resources to help players um, in their career and then, you know, help set them up for post-career transitions as well. But um, as I mentioned before, you know, doing this Golden Tartar Academy is something that I wanted to do um, to help my underserved youth um, in Southwest Fresno. So uh, when I walked away from the game, man, it was to do this. So um, I was excited, man, to just be in this position that I'm in right now uh, to be able to impact the lives of our youth. Nice. That's excellent, man. And we already hit the ground running here. We've been talking about the Steelers' performance last week against the Texans. And we just talked about Big Ben. Now we're moving on. We're going to talk about James Conner and his rushing performance. Uh, 18 carries for 109, a touchdown, uh, four catches on five targets, 40 yards. And they did a great job, too, uh, Robert and and Hunter, of working all of the running backs into the game. You saw McFarlane come out for that change of pace going six for 42 in his first game. Snell was hitting some short yardage. They had Samuels out there in the uh, two-minute drill and some passing situations. So so how did it look like to the both of you? Uh, man, I'll tell you what, man. The Steelers are, are always a team that are that is well-prepared. You know, uh, that's one thing that Coach Tomlin do a great job of. And there's so many, you know, assets that Ben can utilize in that offense, man. Um, I'm just excited to have Ben back this season and uh, excited for what's to come, man, for their future, man. I tell you what, if if that defense, you know, can continue to get better um, as the season go on and the offense can continue to evolve, uh, man, the sky's the limit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. I don't know how you expect me to go after Robert Golden in, in <laughs> football analysis. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to out football analyze him, but uh, I, he's he's right. Obviously, I mean it's crazy to see a blend of running backs that goes four deep. You know, I can't remember the last time that the Steelers have trotted out four in a single game with distinct characteristics of each. Right. You know, when, when McFarlane entered the game, you could see the burst and the speed that everybody was excited about. Snell, obviously more of a bruiser and can do a little bit of everything. Connor the same way. Samuels pass catching. It's just, as a defender, Robert, how tough is that when you have four different running backs who may not be all Pro Bowl level, but they each do something differently very well? I mean, that's one thing. You know, when you a defensive 
a defensive coordinator, man, you got to plan for all four running backs, you know. Um, and that's one thing that the Steelers do. You know, when I was there during my time, um, we used to evaluate players that and how the offense were using them. You know, you have some guys that are gadget guys. You got some guys that are sprint backs and power backs, you know. So your defense may change um, based on who's in the game. Uh, so with that being said, for a defensive coordinator to have to plan for four different type of running backs, um, I'm sure that'll pose some problems uh, for different teams that they're going to be facing later on down the line. For sure. They got a power back coming up, Derrick Henry, unless he's one of the three who has COVID. I guess we don't really know yet. Right. Uh, right. Is that game even going to be played? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't know. It's, we don't so, know. So far with, with the uh, news that we went through earlier, the, the latest news is stating they are going to move forward with the game, Robert. So oh, nice. that's a good word, especially with the way that they've set up the whole COVID situation. Right. And, um, you know, with the COVID uh, rosters and the extended rosters and being able to bring people on and off the oh, right. uh, injured reserve more easily and the practice right. squad. So it's really nice to hear that those things are going to be utilized and in place for this emergency situation. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. But, yeah, man, uh, whenever, the, whenever the Steelers play, you know, uh, the Tennessee Titans, I want to say we always had our way with them, <laughs> you know. But right? uh, <laughs> one, thing, one thing's for sure, man, the Steelers pride themselves on smashing the run. So yep. I'm looking forward to them doing that against Derrick Henry, who's been a phenomenal back in this league. Uh, since he stepped in it. But one thing's for sure, Coach Tom is going to make sure that they are prepared to smash the run. I've got a question for you then, Robert. Uh -huh. uh, when you're going into a game as a defensive player and you know there's strength their upcoming week, hey, you're going to be playing Derrick Henry. He's one of the best backs in the league. Hey, you know, you know how dangerous he is, how tough he is to break down. Correct. How would Coach Tomlin and Coach Butler approach – the, the um, secondary room, the safeties, and, and tell you your role for how you're going to, to attack Derrick Henry? Uh, well, that's one thing they always say. You better bring your big boy pass this week. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a physical matchup. Uh, one thing that Coach Tomlin and Coach Butler always said is uh, in order to be a, a good defense, uh, we got to have big guys running and little guys hitting. And when it comes to the little guys, that's your secondary, that's your corners, uh, that's your safeties. Uh, guys got to be ready to come in and fill the holes and make tackles right at the line of scrimmage. And uh, the big man got to be able to run down a quarterback and also be able to chase um, if a pass gets thrown. They got to be able to chase a receiver down, you know. So when you have big guys uh, running and little guys hitting, it makes for a great defense and a great defensive plan uh, to stop the run and also uh, combat the pass as well. Nice. So is there anything specific – plays that are written in for a running back of this counter do you guys go to more gap blitzing and, and run blitzing on, in this situation um i mean it all depends when you got a running back like derrick henry and an offense like the tennessee titans you know that's your more traditional uh two back two tight ends you know your 22 personnel so um when you come up with situations like that a lot of times you know the Steelers are like to bring in an extra safety and take out a corner you know I've seen yeah. them do that numerous of times and they did that when I was there so um one of the things that you want to have on the field is some for sure tacklers uh some guys that that are going to make contact at the line of scrimmage and hopefully stop the runner's progress right there and there um, instead of letting them fall forward for the extra three or four yards that Derrick Henry is known to do. Yeah, nice. And then 
would there be anything specific with the way that I mean, you you actually did play against Tan and Tannehill when you were in the league, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, would you be attacking him the same way? I guess he was a younger quarterback when you were back in the league, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what would the approach be? Do you think for the safeties for how you're going to play Tannehill when it gets to the passing situations? Well, I tell you what, uh, for for safety, every down is a passing situation. (laughs) Every every down is a passing situation. Our job is pass first, run second. Uh, D-line is run first. Linebackers is run first. Secondary is pass first at all (laughs) times. Uh, So for for a secondary position, I think uh, it's it's, it's pivotal that they keep their eyes where they're supposed to be, um, locked in on their coverage, whatever that may be. And uh, let the let the D line and the you know linebackers do what they're supposed to do, and that's smash the run. However, when it's time for a secondary person to come up and uh, you know feel the run support or come up and show up on a crack replace, um, they got to be ready to do that and hopefully make a good tackle right there at the line of scrimmage. Nice. So I know you watched the game last week against the Texans. Correct. Um, Obviously, the Steelers started off very difficult in the first half, got behind early, 14-3, to fought their way back into the game, took the lead, uh, but they ended up scoring again at the end of the half. The Texans did to take a 21-17 lead there under two minutes to, uh, into halftime, but it seemed like there was a night and day light switch difference between the defense in the first half, the way they approached the game, to the defense in the second half. Right. Now, can you tell Steeler Nation what you see? Because you played on these defenses before. Correct. What was the switch that was made? And how did the Steelers approach the second half to make sure that they made the adjustments to shut down uh, Deshaun Watson? Right. Well, one of the things that Coach Tomlin always say is don't warm up to it. And, and what he mean by that is don't get off the bus uh, playing slow. Get off the bus ready to go um, full speed. <laughs> And from my observations of the game, it looked like the Steelers got off the bus and kind of warmed up to play. And uh, when they came out in the second half, they looked at like the Steelers' defense um, that has been balling for the previous two weeks. Um, so one of the things that I just took away from it was um, the defense wasn't communicating well um, during that first half. You know, it was a lot of um, misconceptions, I'll say, of who responsibilities was what. Um, but once they warmed up and came out in that second half, um, they obviously put a good uh, game plan together. Um, I noticed, you know, one of the big things that came up to, towards the end of the half is, you know, the touchdown that Steven Nelson had gave up. But um, one of the things that we always know as a secondary, when it comes to the two-minute drill, you know, we got to uh, eliminate them from scoring a touchdown. So I think if Steve uh, could play a little better technique on that um, play, um, they don't get that score at the end of the half, and the game is not as close going into half as we thought it was. But um, one thing about the Steelers' defense, they're going to continue to get better throughout the year, man, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they put together um, when we're coming down the stretch. Are you impressed or surprised at the way they are getting pressure now at, it, at it seems like, a franchise record rate? They now right. have 15 sacks in three games, which is – up there at the franchise records. And also I believe they have the least amount of rushing yards allowed for the first three games of the season in their history. Right. So that right. says a lot. I mean, you played on some good defensive teams. We've had Absolutely. some great defensive teams in the seventies. So Absolutely. how do you feel about that? And how do, why, is, why do you think they're doing so well and being so successful at it this year? 
Well, I tell you what, man, uh, one thing that Coach Tomlin uh, prides his defense to do is smash the run. And uh, when you smash the run, then you put teams in passing situations. And uh, one thing that we always say in Pittsburgh is uh, Russian coverage work together. When you got two guys like Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt coming off the edge, man, it makes the secondary job a lot more easier because you're not worried about a quarterback standing back there with four or five seconds to dissect your defense and throw the ball. Man, the quarterback got less than two seconds now to get the ball off before Bud Dupree or T.J. Watt is back there for a sack. And even with the pressure that's coming up the middle with Cam Hayward and uh, Stephon Tuitt, you know, those two guys right there uh, can collapse a pocket um, before you know it, man. So I think it's great because when you have a D-line and a pass rush, um, like what the Steelers have right now, it's not going to do nothing but make the Steelers secondary play better. And um, together, that whole defense is going to eat um, if everybody do their job. And I know Hunter and I were talking a little bit earlier before you jumped on the call. Hunter and, and Hunter brought up a, a great question as well, and, and I'd like him to, uh, to talk to you. Uh, get, take the floor for Troy, man. I don't know if you got to see it, but Troy Polamalu just had a long post. It almost sounded like a Hall of Fame induction speech. Yeah, you know? I saw that. Yeah, I just wanted your impressions of Troy, man, both as a player and as a person, because he's one of the most universally loved both players and human Absolutely. beings, I think, in Steelers history. And it sound, he almost sounds too good to be true. You know what I mean? What, what were your impressions of Troy uh, when, when you were there with him? Man, I tell you what, man, uh, my high school was black and gold. So we looked at like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So every game in my high school career, I watched Troy Palomalu highlight tapes before I took the field, you know. So um, being able to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers and play with Troy Palomalu, um, it was a dream come true for me. But I always tell this story. Um, I remember walking into the locker room my rookie year, and it was off-season training, and Vets wasn't there. And uh, one day Troy Palomalu showed up, and I met him for the first time. I mean, I can honestly say that was the first time I was ever starstruck. Uh, but just hearing, you know, how soft-spoken and humble he was and, you know, the player that he was. I mean, this guy was uh, head and shoulders commercials, you know. He was all everything. And he was such a humble guy and um, just willing to help whoever came through, the, through those doors at the Pittsburgh Steelers facility. Doesn't matter if he was undrafted first round, um, you know, the janitor, the cook. Troy Palomalu just treated you like you were his family, yeah. Um, that's what makes him such a great person, you know, is just that he welcomes everybody with love and open arms and just a humble guy. To be a guy that has that much clout and to be, you know, the type of person and player that he was, um, to still be humble about your, 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 your human being self and to be welcoming to others, um, I believe that's what makes Troy who he is, just an outstanding all-around individual. Yeah, it's crazy because that's what that's what you hear from everybody who talks about Troy. He just seems like one of the realest human beings, you know, right. that, that you could possibly be. How much do you carry? Like, what values did he teach you when you were there that you still carry you now into your next adventure and your next career? You know, do you still think about some of the things that he was able to show? Absolutely, man. Just, you know, uh, from, from, from a football standpoint, you know, I always loved watching Troy, how he went about his business, you know, taking care of his body, how he did his film study. Um, people see Troy jumping over the line of scrimmage and 
playing, you know, deep thirds and then blitzing, you know, like people like that, you supposed to be way back there. How you blitz on that play? But people don't understand that Troy watched so much film and studied so much that he really knew what offenses were going to do. And that's why he took a lot of calculated risks. You know, so that was one of the things that I tried to take away from him in my football playing careers is how to study film the way that he does. But um, one of the things that I take away from him in my personal life is to just be a humble person, man, be a humble and loving person. And that's one thing that I try to do, you know, no matter what accolades I was able to accomplish and throughout my life or um, what I'm getting ready to step into, my whole overall deal is just to be a great all around uh, individual, you know, like how Troy was, and um, that's what he'll want, you know, for his teammates, and uh, that's what I want for my sons, you know, to no matter what, no matter what success brings um, in life, you know, just always be a humble and good person. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Me, it's on the back porch, legs up, outside with the big screen, and an ice-cold Pepsi watching our 3-0 and Steelers now at the top of the AFC North. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off the zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Robert, do you have a specific story of an interaction between you and Troy that kind of sets in your mind that you always remember when you, when you think about Troy? Oh, uh, man, it's, it, it's, it's plenty of them. But I, I remember uh, 
I think it was one my rookie year, man. I was actually starting at nickel uh, my rookie year uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, Troy is the type of the type of player that if you're on the field, he may tell you something right before the ball snap. Like, hey, you got the third, and he'd take the curl and flat lid. So um, <laughs> yeah. it was one time. It was one time during the game, uh, the Cleveland Browns was getting ready to snap the ball in. He yelled at me, "Wow, take deep third! I got curl flat." So on the snap of the ball, I ran to deep third, oh. and he ran to the curl of flat, and he got an interception. Wow! And he gave me the ball and said, "This is supposed to be your pick." <laughs> 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 I still have that ball right now to this day. Oh. But, uh, that's I beautiful. That like yesterday. Oh, God, I love is, that. That's yeah. a great story. That and that's what we love as fans because we don't get to sit in the locker room like you get to sit in the locker room. Right. And, and another thing that I want to know too specifically is, you know, I'm a fan and I think that Tomlin's doing an excellent job throughout this entire COVID situation, handling it right. excellently. Tell Steeler Nation what is the makeup of Mike Tomlin so that he can handle this type of adversity and have everybody ready for it. Yeah, well, that's one thing that Coach T always uh, emphasized, no matter what, the standard is the standard. Um, and when he says the standard is the standard, it is what it is, you know, whether Ben Roethlisberger is playing or um, Duck is playing, the standard is the standard. Steelers is about winning, it's about being a first-class organization, and we got to uphold that standard. Um, so I can imagine that he was saying similar things this offseason throughout uh, the virtual offseason and things that have been going on is at the end of the day, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is held to a certain standard and we have to meet those criteria uh, no matter what's going on due to COVID, due to backup, backup players playing, or, you know, if they have to sign a free agent or bring somebody up off the practice squad. At the end of the day, the standard is the standard. And I think Coach Tomlin does a great job at emphasizing that with his, with his players. And that's one of the reasons why he's been successful as a coach. Oh, that's great. And is there any other players that you can think of that are on the team that you currently played with? I mean, I, I, don't, I know you've got some of the players that are coming up when they were rooks when you were on the right. team. Like you've got Watt when he was young when you were playing right. there. Right. And uh, Bud Dupree as well. Um, right. so talk to Steeler nation, what it was like to be in the locker room with those young guys learning right. how to play professional football. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, man, uh, one thing that's for sure, I think Kevin Colbert, uh, knows how to draft, uh, good players. You know, he sees the, he sees the potential and all the players that he brings in. And, um, I, I, I can definitely remember, you know, when Bud Dupree first got there and he was stepping onto the scene. Uh, people didn't see what Kevin Colbert saw in him. And I think they're starting to see it now um, of how dynamic of a player he can be. And, you know, I actually trained with Bud while he was at Kentucky. Um, his head coach over there, Mark Stoops, um, was, my high school, was my college coach at the University of Arizona. So I used to go visit them from time to time. And I remember training with Bud and just seeing how explosive he was um, back in those days. And then to see him come alive and put on the seasons he didn't put on for the past two years, uh, I think it's safe to say that he's coming into his own, man, and he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, but then, you know, look at T.J. Watt, man. 
I mean, his his family's genetics, you know, just kind of sets him up to be what he is, you know. But uh, both guys are hardworking guys, man. Ben is who he is, and um, I'm just excited to see him to continue to evolve uh, throughout this season and hopefully, you know, bring in that seven Lombardi trophy. Nice. We got a couple questions here from Steeler Nation. Uh, you know, they always love to hear from our former players. So this right. is a great, unique spot at SteelerNation.com. If you're part of the forum, you can jump on and ask questions when we have interviews or ask questions for the podcast, and we answer them here. But most of our questions are directed to you, Rob, because we're not as interesting as you are, <laughs> number one. But number two, I mean, it's just great to have you on the show and, and to get your insight. And a couple questions. Um, one of them is from Hoot, and he asks – uh, how does that competitive fire still burn, and what do you do to sate it right now? Uh, can you repeat that question? So, we know you're a competitive guy. What do you do right now that's still com still part of competition for you in life? Oh, gotcha. Well, you know, uh, I'll say, you know, developing this school. You know, uh, yes. I think the Golden Charter Academy is going to be one of the best schools in the nation. And um, not just, you know, from an academic standpoint, but um, from how we're going to be, you know, raising up kings and queens to um, take their rightful position and educating them in environmental literacy to help this world become a better place. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of stuff right now from COVID and wildfires here in California um, and also global warming, you know. So one of the things that Golden Charter Academy is going to do is we're going to prepare the next generation uh, to take on this world and help it become a better place. So I'm excited to make this school one of the best schools in the nation. And uh, that's my competitiveness and um, <laughs> yep. that picture that I'm still, you know, going with right now to this day. Oh, that's great. And uh, Drink Iron City also asks you, uh, Robert, can you tell us a little about, bit about your personal life? Are you married? How long? Kids? Family? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I am married uh, to my wife for four years now. Uh, been together for seven. Uh, I have a three-year-old that will be four this Saturday. And, uh, oh, congrats. Yes, I have a nine-month-old that will turn ten months on the sixth. Uh, <laughs> so my, my young family uh, definitely keeps me going and uh, they're my heart. They're my motivation. And uh, without them, man, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I'm um, definitely thankful for, you know, my family. Oh, nice. And thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. And last question for you from Drink Iron City. He says, of the current Steelers team, uh, are there several certain players that you enjoy watching play the game on the current Steelers roster? Yeah, man. I tell you what, that Claypool guy, uh, he's <laughs> going to be special. Uh, you know, I remember when the Steelers drafted him, I was like, who's this guy? You know, so then I went and looked up his stuff from Notre Dame, and I was like, oh, this is another Heinz Ward right here, you know. <laughs> wow. That's a big uh, – <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's not too yeah. many physical receivers in the league like how Heinz Ward was back in the days, but um, I definitely see that in his game. Also, I see that in Juju's game as well, too, but – um, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to continue to see, you know, play pool evolve and, and see the offense get him more involved in that, uh, involved in that offense and of uh, the game plans to see what he can do. Um, but also, you know, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, um, Cam Hayward. I, I'm excited to see Tuit this year. Yeah. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career, man. So I'm hoping yeah. for the best for him to stay healthy and really put on display, you know, the type of player that I know he can be. Uh, 
But that whole team, man, is good. Steven Nelson is one of my guys. You know, I spent time yeah. with him over in Kansas City. Oh, and cool. also uh, me and him trained together before we uh, entered into the NFL, you know. So wow. uh, I'm excited cool. to watch that whole team, man. Those are some of my guys uh, on and off the field. And uh, I'm always going to be rooting for the black and gold. Oh, that's great. Steeler Nation. Robert Golden, Steeler alumni safety, joining us on the podcast. We thank you so much. We got your Twitter to follow him on Twitter, please, at Rob Golden. That's at R-0-B-G-0-L-D-E-N. And Instagram at GoldenBoy21. That's G-O-L-D-E-N-B-0-Y-21. And, of course, check out his Charter Academy online, www.goldenchartercademy.org. And see what you can do to help. It's out there in Fresno on the West Coast in California, correct? That's correct. Awesome. And you, correct. you're a class act, Rob. We love having you. Welcome on the show anytime. And, uh, and just so great to have you again. <laughs> man, awesome, man. I always uh, appreciate the opportunity to come and connect with you and Stiller Nation. And um, look forward to doing this again, man, for sure. Awesome. We'll see you soon, Rob. Thanks, man. Yeah, nice <laughs> meeting you, man. Yep, nice Thank meeting you. All right, now. All right. Nice. And hey, now we get to go back to the show. Well, doesn't that awesome? We awesome. Get to sit down and talk to Steeler alumni. Great questions too, Hunter. I'm glad you got, you got to talk with him well because Rob's a great guy. Absolutely. How do we follow that up now, though? Do, I feel like we just need to pack this up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's pretty much done, right? Yeah. Well, we got to talk about some good things from last game that we didn't get to when he jumped on the phone. And one of the good things was working Eric Ebron into the pass attack. And he had... Mm. Five catches on seven targets, big touchdown, 52 yards. Uh, Juju also had a nice game, four catches on five targets for 43 yards and a touchdown and a big first down to start that first drive. Now, three games into the season, Juju has three touchdowns. All of last year, Juju had three touchdowns. So he just matched his total from last, last year. And, of course, Washington advance, I thought, were doing nice on possession downs. Third downs got boosted up instead of two, two third down conversions the previous week. We had eight for 18 this past week, but add two more to that because we were two for two on uh, fourth downs. Yeah. So it sounds like you're suggesting that a better quarterback equals a better juju. I'm not sure that that's what you're saying. Well, it's, but, a, uh... it's just an interesting statistic. I'm, I'm not throwing shade at Rudolph or Duck in any way, shape, or form, but I mean – you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback, not just a better quarterback. You're just talking yeah. about a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback who's been doing this now for 16 years, 17 right. years. 17 right. years. My gosh. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. What a difference a year makes. Man. See, Babs, Babs, my dog's getting all excited about the oh. Ben talk too, apparently. That's why. But, uh, <laughs> Every time we talk yeah. about Ben, he barks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's in on it. But, uh, Man, it's crazy when you just mentioned the sheer options they have. You talk about yeah. Ebron coming out. I think Tomlin hinted at that when he said something like, just wait and see as far yep. as him becoming Yeah, more the previous involved. week. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, we knew, we knew that was going to happen at some point. They didn't sign Ebron to not use him. Yeah. But when you look at this Steelers team, I know it sounds kind of hasty or like you're living in the moment too much, but I don't think – there's been a Steelers offense this dynamic in my lifetime as far yeah. as simple the bevy of options they have we talked about the four running backs yep. four and running each backs, of them have a role each with a specific skill set that is tough yeah. to deal with and then you look at the receivers and while there's no a b yet I think Deontay can get there if his body holds up if he can stay healthy and keep developing 
I'm not saying he'll get to AB's level, but he can be AB-like, as we talked yeah. about before on this show. Yeah. I think he can be a, very, a star receiver in the league. Juju has already proven he can be a star receiver in the league. And also, he is doing so many little things. I love his effort in blocks. Oh, I yeah. love his effort after the catch. Kind of like Rob was talking about just a second ago, how he's becoming kind of Heinz Wardy, where it's not as flashy numbers-wise before, but the things he's doing for the team really can't be understated. The dude's playing with pure heart and passion, which, I mean, you just love to see that. I love seeing him on the sideline putting his head down and barreling into defenders instead of stepping out of bounds. It's little stuff like that that sets the tone. And then James Washington has been reliable when they need him. He's making some tough catches now. And that's something like I usually lose Washington in the game because he's such a prolific blocker. He's really good in the run game. But now he's making those tough catches that we knew. Like that's what I I thought he was going to be. That Eric, that, that Anquan Bolden type receiver to make the, with his big body to box people out and make those tough catches. And he's starting to do it now. Yeah, and then you've still got Chase Claypool, who Robert Golden just said probably intrigues him more than anybody on the team. Yeah. And we still don't know what he's going to be. You know, I've said that he reminds me of Martavis, which I stand by. Now, if he's Martavis with a head on his shoulders that can get even better, that's dangerous. And when you add that into the mix of what we've already talked about, it's just a ridiculous surplus of options for Ben. And I think that's why you're seeing early on, nobody's really standing out statistically in that group, but the team is winning and the team's putting up points. So I don't know what more you'd want to see as a Steelers fan. It's an interesting offense as far as the options. I don't think we've ever, in my lifetime, I've never seen an offense like this with this many options, but it makes it incredibly fun to watch. And I don't know who's going to get the ball next, so I can't imagine (laughs) what it's like for defenses game planning for this. It has to just be a miserable team to game plan for. And this is the first game, though, that Claypool did not catch all of his targets. I know he was overthrown a couple times, but one for four on the targets this game. But he was perfect coming into this game. And that's difficult with the – because there were some really difficult catches that he's had in the previous weeks. But uh, I wanted to move on to the defense now and just talk about how dominant they still continue to be, especially rushing the passer. Five more sacks racked up in this game. Watt, you know, Vince Williams, you got to it. And you got Bush each with uh, or those three with a sack. Bush had a half sack. Bud added a sack and a half and seven tackles for loss. So that was huge, huge defensive play to get pressure on the Texans, where we kind of talked about it the week before, knowing that was the Texans' weakness was keeping people away from their quarterback, and our strength was rushing the quarterback. Dude, here's how ridiculously spoiled Steelers fans are now. That performance seemed underwhelming to me. I. Yeah. I almost expected more pressure on Watson. It's like we almost kind of forget now that you don't just go out and get five sacks a game like it's normal. That's not normal. That's not what most teams do, but it's what this team feels like. It feels like every passing down, you just expect them to get to the quarterback or at least put some heat on him. You know what I mean? It's, It's a ridiculous defense, and it has been. The coverage in the first half was certainly soft and a little suspect. You know, Robert Golden, again, mentioned it perfectly. Steven Nelson's technique wasn't perfect on the touchdown pass. They have had their lapses. He was kind of hanging with them, but he he just got a a little bit out of body position and couldn't couldn't attack the ball, yeah. They've had some lapses, but I think when you factor in the fact no preseason, and as he said, you know, Tomlin mentioned, you don't want to warm up to the game. I do think there will be a natural warming up as the season goes. We saw last season, they got better as the season went as well. Adding Minka Fitzpatrick 
kind of helped that as well. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's awesome, and it's a crazy defense to watch. And I truly think that we have not seen their best yet on either side of the ball. Yeah, and I agree. And they're three and zero, so yeah. I don't I don't know how much more. So I think you watched that Chiefs Ravens game last night, and you see I did. You see what the, the Chiefs back porch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it. when you look at the Chiefs. Yeah. That's obviously they're the class of the AFC Super Bowl winners last year. You look at how their offense and defense were so polished throughout that game. That's still what the Steelers need to get to. You know, I think when you look yeah. at the elite teams in the NFL, the Chiefs are still on a different tier that the Steelers haven't reached yet. But you look at the pieces, everything we've talked about, they have the pieces to get there. It's yeah. a matter of time of when it happens, and it's going to be exciting when or if it does. Well, even and even though we're, we are ahead of the Ravens, I just read a tweet earlier today, you know, Lamar Jackson, since he's coming to be a starter, he's 21, one and one against every team that does not have Deshaun <laughs> or that doesn't have Mahomes um, playing quarterback for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So his, crazy. three of his lot, one at two in the regular season, I think won the playoffs were all to the chiefs. That's pretty crazy. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, but you can't even fault him for that. Mahomes is truly on a different level watching that game yeah. last night. Even when you put a guy right in his face, he'll hang in and still make the throw. He's pretty, he's pretty unfair. There's a reason yeah. he's a, he's yeah, a half. Is. There's a reason he's a underhand, half. No, no look left-handed. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> look, look you, you don't get paid a half billion dollars with a B if you're bad at football. So he <laughs> is pretty special. If you're not the best with a B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the real killer bees there, dude. That it is, man. <laughs> that it is. And just wanted to highlight a couple of defensive things that, that came out from the last game. They held Houston to 29 yards rushing, which again was what they did to the, the exact same amount of yards they held the Giants to in their first game. Wow. We mentioned it before also. This is the, the best they've done in franchise history at fewest rushing yards in their first three games. We're talking about the Steel Curtain years. We're talking about the Blitzburg years all the way through the 90s and even the Hinkle years and stuff in the 80s where they had some good solid defenses as well. But this is a, this is a feat. I mean, it with is. all of this history of defensive football, that's a big feat. Man, Especially it's amazing. They're not, they're not 100% yet. Like they're, they, they're rushing the passer well. They're playing the run well. But they're still, they're still not 100% there yet. So they, this mm. might be a real special team. And hey, man, as much as people want to talk about the Steelers' combined opponent record of 0-9, on this topic, rushing the ball, they got Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, and David Johnson. The, that's, those are no scrubs. You know, no. that's solid competition. Yeah. And they got Derrick Henry coming up next. So we're going to really see what they're made of and how that statistic will bear out because Derrick Henry's been one of the best in the league over the past two years. He's really found his rhythm. Huge dude, hard to hit. It's going to be a fun matchup. I'm excited to see Vince Williams meet Derrick Henry in the hole. <laughs> and I at least want to say at least we, our opponents are 0-9 instead of 3-6 and 6 because we beat all of them. So see? that is one of those statistics that I just hate. They just grind my gears. And I'm like, you know, we are a byproduct of our opponents being as bad as they are. <laughs> right, Otherwise, right. they'd have more wins. But exactly. you, got, you got to play the guys that are on, ahead of you on the schedule. Fortunately, we did not get Houston's schedule to start the season this year. But last year, if you remember, there was no rest for the wicked back then. We started off with New England. Then we played Seattle at home. Then we played San Fran. Those yep. three were all division winners. So, I mean, they're, 
<laughs> I mean, and the Steelers were zero and three. So look what happens. <laughs> yeah, we lost a quarterback as well in the second game. But you know, it, 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 and they played them like I thought the Seattle game, the San Francisco game. They ended up being competitive games. Yeah, but you know, it's they it's they should have they should have beat play. San Francisco flat out. San Francisco game was a win. That yeah. just there's no reason to lose that one. But well, yeah. not having Ben was a it was a part of it. That was the first start that they had to go. But you know, that was last year. This is this year. We got Ben now. It's great. You know, Mike Hilton had a great game with seven tackles. That guy. Another tackle for a loss. An interception. Minka with five tackles. Watt with four. Two were TFLs. I mean, I couldn't be happier with the defensive performance. Special teams. Ray Ray Mc, Ray Ray McLeod now uh, jumping in special teams since. The only minus, I mean, I love DJ as a returner unless he is fielding punts inside the 10-yard line. I do not want to see him fair catching balls inside the 10, let alone inside the 5, let alone on the 4-yard line. Yeah. That, is, that is the only inexcusable part to his return game. But Ray Ray has shown he is a valid returner in both spots now. And with DJ coming off of this concussion, I, I think that's probably going to continue. It's weird, man. It's weird that he hasn't pieced that, that Deontay hasn't pieced that together yet. I mean, he's muffed a punt. He's ran straight into Cam Sutton, and now he fields a ball at the four-yard line for some inexplicable reason. He also ran one back for a touchdown. I I was just going to say, there's no, (laughs) no question in my mind that you want him back there returning punts, and once the ball is in his hands and he's running, he's as electric as it gets. But there are definitely some mental gaps so far in Deontay's game and that's kind of when I was talking about earlier when he takes that next level that's his biggest thing that's literally all that's keeping him back right now is himself which honestly is exciting as a Steelers fan he's still super young he's still developing he'll figure it out I have no no doubts in my mind that he'll be an elite receiver and punt returner in this league it's just a matter of when and it's frustrating watching as a fan when you know what he's capable of and he's still making these mistakes I think I think it's almost a blessing that you get kind of upset or, you know, you kind of feel that he should be better because that speaks to his potential and what you expect of him, which is greatness because he's shown that. Yeah. Yeah. And some quick hitters here too, for the rest of the game, 80 plays for the Steelers compared to 47 for the Texans. They had three, they only had four possessions in the second half. Three were three and outs. And then the other one ended in the interception. It was the only drive where they had a decent, uh, push time of possession was essentially 37 minutes to 27 minutes that is huge Mm -hmm. uh penalties way better not 10 this week we only had two this week and the Steelers defense has now increased their the longest streak in the NFL for consecutive sacks to 60 consecutive games and especially this stat goes out to you Hunter Renegade was not played in the stadium for the first time and I don't know how long they won See, <laughs> undefeated when you don't play Renegade Steelers. You should have been doing it all along. <laughs> right. So now we get to our game balls. I've got to go. My offensive game ball, you know, I, I went offensive line. We went offensive line last week. And, you know, this is a continuation on his performance this week as well because we had the two starting right tackles, 1A, mm-hmm. 1B, and Zach Banner and Chikwumo, core four, um, going for it. So we were comfortable either way with whoever's going to be the starter. Evidently, Tomlin was spot on because Chooks held J.J. Watt to no pressures, no sacks, and that is a huge feat coming off the strong game from the previous week where he also didn't allow a sack or a pressure. So, you know, these guys being thrown in the fire, they're showing that they are the next guy up and they're playing well. So, Chooks, you get my game ball. 
That's a well-deserved game ball. And quite, quite frankly, I think I would also go with Chooks in this case, but I'll switch it up for you guys. And, and I'll take James Conner, man, because they've Ooh, got a nice. 100-yard rusher in every game so far. Yeah. Uh, ben, Benny week one, James last week and this past – or the week before. Heck, wasn't Steeler Nation calling for his head after that first week? Was I was. That's what I'm saying. I, that's, <laughs> I was. I absolutely was. But uh, just give you a little, it's what I, yeah, that. last week. I, th- I think I repented for that last yeah, week. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, I'm just giving <laughs> so you a little. So I, I went to my confessional father. You know, I've already cleansed these <laughs> sins. But uh, <laughs> James, he looks so good, man. He, lo- he took that challenge, easily could have bagged it up. The ankle looks fine. His running looks as good as ever. He's both shifty and powerful. He's, he's fun to watch yeah. again. You know, when he was the guy replacing Le'Veon Bell, everybody had questions because Le'Veon is, was undeniably one of the best running backs in Steelers history from a talent perspective, just unbelievably yeah. talented guy. And Connor kind of seamlessly just took over. So now we're seeing more of that special – James Conner flair again. So it's good to see. And you talk about time of possession and things like that. He was a huge reason that they were able to dominate that. So you can't understate the importance of a hundred yard rusher usually means good things for that Steelers team. Yes, it does. And on defense, my game ball has to go to mighty mouse again, no vacancy at the Hilton. He's again, Sean, he is the playmaker on defense three games in a row, making big plays fast in and disruptive in the backfield and the one thing that I do love is it's, you know, my old coach in high school used to tell me first time's luck, second time's skill. Yep. So yep. when I see Hilton bust that lead block on those bubble screens to tackle receivers in the back field on the edge, that is huge. And he's done it two games in a row. They were two big TFLs and big, uh, you know, that's tough for the offense to recover from those. So, Cheers to Hilton and the biggest interception of the game, which was the game changer, in my opinion. It's kind of unbelievable that he's been probably the best player on this defense through three weeks. Of all, <laughs> of all people, it's your, on a depth chart, a third-string cornerback, you know, yeah. the third guy down. But he, he's just been so phenomenal, and there's no doubt that he, he's no backup. That dude's a starting yeah. player in, in the yeah. league. He's making an impact week in, week out. I mean – once again, I definitely would take Hilton for my game ball here, but uh, that's why I had to go I first. Know. Who else? Who else do you even take? It, it I, was, I think it's, it's about time him. to give TJ, TJ Watt a, a okay. game ball because we've we've avoided he, giving TJ Watt a game ball for the past two weeks. That's just this guy not is fun. all world. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hilton's making. I think he's probably the most disruptive player in the secondary. But the reason why he's so disruptive is all these great players playing in front of him. We yeah. you know the offensive line, the linebackers, but specifically. We got to give TJ some props this week with his he, the body of work that he's been putting together this whole season. Yeah, I did see a stat that he wins twenty nine percent of his reps in a pass rushing situation. The yeah. the league record is twenty five percent for for wow. the course of a season. So, <laughs> so if he keeps that up, he'll not only break the record but smash it. And once again, just like the team and the defense as a whole, I feel like as good as he's been, we still haven't seen his best either. He's not forcing the fumbles, getting the punch punch outs that he was getting towards the end of last season. There's still another level for TJ Watt too, which is pretty unbelievable to think because he's already there. Like you said, we could give him the game ball every week. He's consistently making an impact, but the fact that there's another level to his game is exciting. Specifically, you have to give it to TJ as well, because I think he won the battle of the Watt brothers that week. JJ held 
very silent, uh, you know, um, Derek had a good game, but he got hurt early. Mm. Actually, he has a grade two hamstring. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's going to be – that may be a four- to eight-week injury. So right. Steelers may make a move today or tomorrow. If they do, we may bring back an old favorite in Roosevelt Nix, who is currently sitting out of the football right now. And I, I had to look up too quick, Hunter, because I wasn't sure – why he's out or what the performance wise was, or if Indy went with a different fullback. No, Indy went old school Arians and went with zero fullbacks. Wow. They have three running backs only on the roster, whereas the Steelers have five, four running backs and, or four, you know, halfbacks and a fullback, but they only have three halfbacks and that's they utilize them all differently in, in the running system, but they don't have a fullback. So that's why Rosie is unemployed. Hmm. We also need somebody for those special teams plays and Rosie would be an exact fit for all of the spots where Derek was out so we'll see if Tomlin extends an olive branch to him uh, this this week to see if he gets a a call up sure I wouldn't hate seeing that but ultimately I hope that Derek Watts injury is just not that serious and we can see more of what they paid for with that acquisition I think he was slowly starting to settle into the offense a little bit more too which was exciting Uh, you know I'm just always when you get a new guy, you want to see what they got, right? Like you want to see him go through the paces and see, see what they have to offer. So we still haven't got to see that with Derek Watts. So ultimately I just hope that the hammy heals up. Hamstring injuries are tricky, man. They can they linger. They can, yeah. there's no, nothing you can do for it besides rest, rest. it really. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. But hopefully he's back soon. If Rosie has to fill in in the meantime, though, that's a guy I have full confidence in. Yeah. And Deontay Johnson was the only other guy that got banged up in that game. And that was on that play that I highlighted earlier, showing Ben on the big block on the reverse. And unfortunately, he ended up with a concussion at the end of that play, did not return to the game. He will be in concussion protocol. Obviously, he has to be symptom-free to practice. Then if he practices the next day, if he is still symptom-free, he clears concussion protocol. So there's a process for concussions. And and he was going to take the first day off anyway, because of his toe they've been nursing that over the first four weeks of the season I think he has a turf toe and those things are really tough to come back from and he's probably going to be paying with playing with some kind of lingering turf toe for most of the season yeah which is a shame too because he's a guy once again he, mentally he's held himself back a bit but also his body has, hasn't held up at the pro level he was injured throughout rookie camp last year injured throughout camp this past year his sophomore season He's just not as durable as you'd want to see yet. I don't know, unfortunately, you know, what you can do for that. Antonio Brown obviously had the Jerry Rice quality work ethic. He was famously famous for his workout routine and how seriously he took his physical conditioning. So I don't know if that's an area where Deontay might need to beef up a little bit more. I know he did work on it this past offseason, came in with a little weight added, you know, a little bulkier coming in, but still clearly <laughs> maintained yeah. his shiftiness and his agility and everything you'd want to see. So Maybe that's just going to always be a work in progress for him. Maybe, you know, he, he'll just have these injuries throughout his career, which obviously you yeah. hope not because at his best, I can't say it enough, I truly think he's special and he'll be yeah. an elite receiver. I agree. I agree. But he's playing hurt. I mean, he played yeah. almost all last year with that injured groin, got surgery on it after the season. He injured that groin in training camp. Yeah. He likes to say he did it in game three, but he, he had the groin issue before in training camp. So, yeah. You know, that, that speaks a lot to his character. I expect him to be back, though I think it's also his second concussion. Yeah. So we got to mind that as well. With small receivers, it's a little tougher on For them. Sure. Uh, the Mike Tomlin presser is going to be at 6 o'clock today. Usually it's at noon. This is why we have the podcast at 2 or 3, so we can 
follow up on the presser and let you guys know what's going on. But unfortunately, everything got pushed back because of this COVID news. The news out right now is we're going to have a game, which is good. So going into this weekend, what do you see for the matchup then between Tennessee and Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously, they have a good running attack, which fits very well with what we do well, having an exceptional running defense. What do you see going on this weekend, Hunter? Yeah, we've mentioned Derrick Henry a lot, but that's only because of how much of a game-breaker he can be. I think anybody who watched the playoffs last year is all in on Derrick Henry's stock, what, what he did to Baltimore and what he did for their entire run to the playoffs. He was, he's phenomenal. He's huge. He's tough to bring down. He's exactly what you'd want from your bell cow running back, which is a dying breed in today's NFL for sure. But beyond him, man, it's not like it's just the Derrick Henry show. Ryan Tannehill has had an exceptional season by his own standards, he's clearly elevated his play this year. He's been efficient. He's looking at his stats. He has something like six touchdowns to one interception, I believe. So just like Ben, he's been yeah, very yeah. efficient. And that's the thing. It's that kind of team where they might not blow your doors off, but they're also not going to shoot themselves in the foot. You have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. So they. one thing that surprised me, though, they're 3-0. and but all three wins were extremely close. Here's the score against Denver, 16-14, against Jacksonville, 33-30, against Minnesota, 31-30. Uh, combined like six points. Six points. That's yeah. insane. It's, it's insane. They've, they're easily also 0-3. Like, like right. one, one more play and they're 0-3. So oh. this team, the jury or, is Or one more out. kicking miss and they would have been 0-3. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. The right this, misses to do in the first game when he was uh, – Oh, and three going into the overtime game winner. <laughs> what what stood out even more to me though was that last year Tennessee was such a defense first team, defense and running team. Yeah. Through three games, they've allowed thirty points twice already. So their wow. defense is clearly yeah. not where it wants to be at this point in the season. Maybe that's an area where the Steelers can exploit them, and this can actually turn into a shootout, which is not what you would expect. But I'd be the, I'd be down to see it. I'd be ready for a shootout for sure because I think the Steelers have far more weapons to to win that battle. So, honestly, it's an exciting matchup. 3-0 versus 3-0 is always exciting. I don't think this is the Titans team of last year. And, honestly, I think the Steelers are going to move to 4-0, man. It it looks like it's in their favor again as long as they show up and don't warm up to the game, as Robert Golden put it. I like that. I like that saying. I'll be be stealing that for sure. (laughs) And, And the big thing is, last game was the Steelers' first game in 25 games where they did not turn the ball over. So mm. if we can make this a trend, I think that really works in the Steelers' favor. Obviously, Titans not being able to practice in a consistent way this entire week should benefit the Steelers. Um, Steelers still do have to travel, but I don't even I don't know if they're going to have fans at the game now that they have issues with COVID now in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. See, there's supposed to be fans for this game in Tennessee and there it would be nice to see a couple terrible towels waving in the stands yeah that'd be that'd be a cool sight man that'd be a very cool sight and also one thing I forgot to point out is AJ Brown the Titans top receiver they're not sure if he'll be back from an injury yet this week but it's really not looking great hasn't played yet this year so we'll see but AJ Brown you know he's a great player he played with the Ravens as well that one year didn't he yeah 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 he's a good really good so we'll see we'll see what they got going on there but uh We'll see, man, with this team. It's an exciting matchup. Once again, Steelers 4-0 sounds pretty decent. That it does. And, guys, thanks for joining us on Twitter. Thanks for joining us on Facebook. Shout-out to Anthony Laird. Of course, you've been in there both weeks in a row. Good seeing you again. And, Hunter, 
another beautiful hour spent with you, my friend. And obviously, everybody follow Hunter on Twitter, on Instagram, at Hunter A. Homestec. That's at H-U-N-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K. Great to have you as well, brother, every time. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me again. We can do this all day. Just I know. <laughs> let, now, now we've set the bar with Robert Golden, though, so I don't know how we're going to follow that up, but we'll make it work. And the crazy thing, like, I was thinking this myself. I said, if we had a terrestrial radio job, we could fill four hours, three hours, no problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing, nothing to that. It's the way it goes, man, especially when you have somebody fun to talk with the entire time. I'm glad to have you as a partner in crime, honey. Sure, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks again, and, and we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. And Steeler Nation, we will be back at 2 o'clock next week and the rest of the season. We will be having – so tune in, obviously, on Twitter. Tune in on Facebook, and you will be able to follow us and watch us live. We will have the vidcast up later on our YouTube channel. And, of course, we have the podcast up by about an hour after the game. Visit our title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, on Twitter to be part of their signed merch giveaways done every week. Obviously, get in on that Bud Dupree jersey at Total Sports ENT on Twitter. Retweet it. You're automatically entered. Retweet the podcast site as well, and you get, a, you get two. If you follow us as well, you get two entries. So good luck, guys. That's given away tomorrow. So good luck, Steeler Nation, on winning that jersey. And you too can get great, unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have great shirts, every size and color, to satisfy all of Steeler Nation's virtual tailgates. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click on the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button to, for the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be the first to know about our live vidcast and video uploads. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the SteelerNation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and Instagram at SteelerNationPodcast. Or you can follow me, your crazy host with the handlebar mustache, on Twitter and Instagram at SNStriker, spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us again for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Hunter Homestack and Robert Golden, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! <laughs>